Welcome to episode nine of the Ape Audio podcast. That's uh, true. We're joined by a couple cool fellas here who we'll There's introduce a in couple, just a second. Yeah, we yeah, got a handful care. of cool <laughs> fellas out here. Uh, I'm Christian. I mean, I'm strong hand. We got Devin over there on the <laughs> boards. And you guys can go ahead and introduce yourselves. Okay, well, I'm, uh, my name is Jacob. Jacob Behun, B-I-H-U-N. I uh, spell it because... I've actually been asked so many times how to spell my last name, so I just say it straight up. Uh, I'm joined by today some uh, fellows from a company called Canadian Daydream, Jack Darby and uh, Mitch McCloy, and uh, we're going to be talking about my new album coming out in March, and uh, my single that's actually dropping this Friday. So uh, we're having some whiskey, having some smokes, (laughs) and funny enough, the song is called Whiskey and Smokes. Real relaxed time in here. So, uh, Jacob, do you want to kind of describe what your music's like? Just briefly, you don't have to go super (laughs) in-depth. Well, we were were actually discussing this the other day, because we were doing a bunch of updates on the websites and stuff like that, a little bit of rebranding, so I've been doing this for a while, right? (laughs) And um, we came up with alternative blues. So it's kind of like this aspect, you got the black keys going on, you got a little bit of Cage the Elephant, you know. But then you've also got these aspects of like Johnny Cash coming in there, uh, Coulter Wall. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh, Shaky Graves is another one, right? Oh, so it's kind of that, yeah, it's kind of that folk yeah. aspect, but with a lot of heavy shit going on in the background. Yeah, a lot of hooks and stuff. Yeah, Langhorn Slim and the Law. Yeah, man, no, for sure. And it's just you know the guys at Canadian Daydream. We kind of sat down, and I was in a position in my career. Where I was like, you know, you got to spend some money to make some money. And uh, these guys, I met them, I think, in May? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, May. it's surprising yeah. how little we've actually yeah. known each other. We've, like, yeah. barely known each other for a year. But, really? yeah, Damn. and uh, it started off with a live sequence that we did. They do, like, these live sequences, and they kind of called me in. And they were like, hey, we like your sound. We want you to put you live on the floor or whatever. Yeah, and uh, we went in there, and I played them uh, Size You Up, which is on Spotify right now and stuff. And it was just one... One take. take. Yeah, no. We're just, Actually, is that off the the daydream sequences that you guys yeah. do? Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that was. The, so yeah, that's kind of my style, really. Alternative blues and. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's all up for debate, right? You know, art is relative. Yeah, I was I was trying to peg you down and how I wanted to describe you, and the best way I could come up with was it sounds like you're traveling down a dark and deserted highway oh, in the yeah. middle of the night, <laughs> yeah. uh, waiting to pull up at a, a smoky, lonely campfire. Or that's that's really what it is. <laughs> I think the best was because I was seeing this girl, and uh, she was a big country fan, right? And she's on the stadium country and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you're not going to like my stuff, you know? She's like, no, no, you do country. Like, it's cool. Like, you wear cowboy boots. Like, it's so, <laughs> so attractive, right? So she's like, can you, like, describe your music? And I'm like, well, you know how usually it's, like, a really nice pickup truck and a pretty girl by your side and yeah. everything's nice on the fields in Tennessee? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, my music's kind of like, you know, I just shot up a gas station and, you know, I have to dye my hair in a corner or whatever, and I'm on the run to Mexico. Cause, yeah, like, a little bit You know what I mean? It's not, it is that, yeah, down south. the... And the crazy thing is, is that kind of stuff does happen down south, right? Nobody talks about it, right? It's yeah. still those Wild West cowboy guys that are running around, and, uh, yeah, I mean, somebody's got to write about it. Right? So <laughs> you took that narrative, though. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. So, yeah. Do you spend any time down south? Or yeah, you, I do. Yeah. So I have family in Missouri, and I have family in Virginia, and I used to go down south every single summer. So that's kind of where I actually learned how to pick up. Okay, cool, because I, I was that. looking at um, uh, your your latest record. At, yeah. What it, 
aggravated Appalachia. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I'm like, oh, Appalachia is like a southern that town, is, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I wonder if he's ever been down well, there. Well, Appalachia <laughs> is all it's all the it's all the mountains through <laughs> yeah. Kentucky, okay. right? The Smoky Mountains. So when you're going down to Florida and you're taking your kids to Disney World, if you want to go there the fastest way, you got to go through the I-95 in Kentucky, mm-hmm. which is like probably the scariest place on planet earth when it's 10 o'clock at night and you got people like running around in the woods in these small towns <laughs> i remember i was like i was like 12 years old and it's the middle of a like this terrible ice storm right whining road stuff and we got to pull in this uh, gas station to get stuff and uh i'm sitting there i'm like 12 years old i got no idea what's going on and they got all these like old like signs and stuff and no guns allowed right and some of the dudes that walked in there man it was like, i don't know if you guys ever see fargo like yep. the original, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Some sketchy dudes, and they're like <laughs> buying their dip. They're buying their little like hot rods and stuff. And I'm just, I'm just taking it all in. And uh, yes, that, that's the Appalachia. Okay. That's that's kind of where it is. And uh, there was another movie. Went, I think it was Winter Bones with Jennifer Lawrence before she actually went into the Hunger Games. And that whole movie discusses life in Kentucky. And that was definitely a big inspiration for that album so yeah that's what i was trying cool. to capture so e- even from like a yeah. young age like 12 or 13 you had oh, that yeah. that like imagery yeah i was, burned into yeah, your mind i was kind of like these guys are these guys are cool and yeah. like when i when i went down to memphis and i was on uh, beale street right like with all the bars and stuff a lot of the blues singers and the guys that were doing that they were outlaws man like these guys you know they were playing for change on the street and stuff all tattooed up ex-convicts the whole nine yards a lot of homeless veterans too that's another big thing mm-hmm. that happened in the united states right now so yeah i mean aggravated appalachia the whole point of that album was kind of to do um the positive side of a person and then also the dark side you guys noticed that wolf head split yeah. right mm-hmm. actually the artist that did that katie brisbane uh, hopefully she's watching. Fantastic artist. Go check. Yeah, it's it a out. beautiful piece of yeah, artwork. Yeah, it's 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 crazy stuff. You know, it's a really cool psychedelic vibe. So, yeah. So that was that album. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny that I I remember when you put that record out. I had saw it pop up on my timeline. Oh no way! And I was like, wow, that's a kick-ass piece of artwork. But I never, yeah. I didn't check out the record. No, until, but like, everybody was like, the art's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was great. I mean, that was yeah. So, yeah. Honestly. Cool. So um, we can kind of reel it back. Totally. So you're a you're a UW student. Yeah. Or 100%. were a UW student? I am a UW student. I actually had classes today starting around eleven. Okay. Cool. And uh, I actually had to. So this is crazy. Um, I do. I study music and business with a minor in economics. So oh, cool. Yeah. So it's a really great program. I recommend anybody who's looking for schools to go to UW for that. It's great. Um, but I actually have like this uh, world gamelan class that I have to do for like ensemble. So gamelan is like Balinese music. It's like this crazy interlocking stratified versions of like orchestral music. And the guy, yeah, 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 no, for sure. Man. And it makes you a great musician, right? Because you're just learning sure. about this different concept. Like, for instance, it's not 4-4. It's all done in eight beat cycles on a gong. So nice. like you're listening what? to this gong? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's wild. Oh, it's dude, it's wild. And like get this, the guy that's my instructor, his name is Dewa, which literally translates to godlike in Indonesia. <laughs> and he's the friendliest guy you'll ever meet. And I had to explain him today. I was like, Dewa, I won't be able to come to a rehearsal. He's like, Oh, it's okay, you know, don't worry about it. Like, you know, the gong. <laughs> you think I'm he's like, gonna like lay the hammer or something. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, right? And and he's the nicest guy in the world. And uh, I just explained him like I go to this interview thing or whatever, and he's like, Yeah, no man, no worries. But I'm uh there there's so many opportunities at UW for music so and I think it's definitely made a positive impact on music sure sure yeah that's yeah, probably a better good. program than the one we had at Conestoga huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah oh, it's still open 
I know they got paramedics at Conestoga. But you guys didn't get to learn how to play a gong in strange timings? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. We didn't get, learn much. Get to put on the resume, yeah. you know? <laughs> Can't play Definitely. an 8 cycle. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Um, well, did you guys want to talk about your roles at Canadian Daydream? Yeah, briefly? sure. No, it's actually... What, do you guys want to say first? Uh, no, you, you, you can start it. Rock, paper, scissors. These guys are No, they'll go on forever. Yeah. No, we read each other too well. It's just constantly, it's like a mirror. But, uh... Another one, eh? Yeah, no, no, no. no when you I'm look inside, stressed. you gotta take advantage I'm of it. I'm not stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I want one, though. You do? Okay. Well, no, how I'm would, you, how would you answer the man's question? Yeah, sorry. Okay. No. <laughs> It's it's actually it's been really cool because, like you said, we just kind of actually found him. I found him yep. on Instagram just yep. from like a like a local Kitchener. Mm -hmm. like it was Kitchener music. Kitchener music. Kitchener yeah, music. probably the that same way I stumbled across his yeah, album artwork. Yeah, yeah no, crazy, well, right? no, it wasn't the artwork. Yeah. I saw it with, like just some black and white footage of him playing okay. guitar. Yeah, and yeah, I was cool. like, yeah, yeah. Shit, you know. Yeah. So I sent him a message and came in. Seriously, the first person was it? Was he the first? I think you were. I think he was the second one. Did Cam go first? Cam, yeah. Cam and okay. Jericho, I think, yeah. was the one taker. Yeah. Yeah. At, at that, was a couple of people have since, but at that point, he was the second person to ever just come in and just knock it just out in one it. take. Yeah. It was like it was. It was really funny too, because the setup was easy. He was just ready to go. Yeah. It was like the shortest one we've ever done. Like, well, you want to? Do you want to work together again sometime? <laughs> sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, almost, luckily... It's almost like you felt like you should have put more work into it, but it's the quality is yeah, so there, there that done. you're like, oh, that's what the magic is. Yeah. Like, that's what that is. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. Uh, it's kind of... That, that's yeah. how I describe the whole process of the record, ultimately, yeah. as well. Yeah. That's cool, though. No, it's, like, it's rare that that happens, and you, when it happens, you almost, almost can't even, like, believe it, but you almost can't be conscious <laughs> of it. It kind of just happens, and then you look back on it, you're like... Oh, that was really quick, but that was really good, and yep. yeah, and then it just turns out to have fun. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, it was uh, like like Mitch was saying, and these these guys at this Canadian Daydream, like I'm telling you, any any young musicians out there that are looking for somebody to work with before you jump, make that jump to say I want to go put this out to UMG, Warner Brothers, the Liners. These guys are great because it's an independent, up and coming label, right? So the whole way the process works. The uh, the rates are very friendly, you know what I mean. So it was it was a great process. So honestly, these guys, I mean, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's wicked. it's funny too, cause uh, Jacob here's been like basically our first big step into representation, and he fucking he represents us much better than we represent him. Like he's just <laughs> selling us everywhere he goes. Well, yeah, I guess well, I guess you guys, guys are lucky to have a business student. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. think about it that way. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna that's get into that. Lot, that's a really right. big thing, especially. Yeah. And me and Mitch were talking about this the other day. We do a lot of social outings. Uh, yeah. as a company I guess so we'll, a good like, way to put it what was it so we, <laughs> we would be recording is that this why your bottle was empty this morning oh exactly 100% <laughs> well yeah basically uh, um, so I mean it was like during exam season so the way this album kind of started was I, I knew I wanted to do a project we were in the talks of it uh, and then what happened was my uh, my girlfriend broke up with me for, we'd been dating for like a year and a bit I'd known her for like seven so it was pretty heavy she just broke up with me out of the blue on I think it was like November 14th or something a week after I lost my job, like my part-time job. So all I had was like my whiskey, my cigarettes, and my music. And then I finally called these guys up and I was like, I want to do this EP. And Mitch was like, great, like here are the rates and stuff. Like here's the game plan. Let's start like in three days from now. And I was like, 
perfect. So during exams, all I had was this music, uh, my school, and then whatever happened after that, because most of the guys in the house that I was living in were gone. So like the, I was getting back to this whole point of the company outings, right? Yeah. We, I think it was my birthday, December twenty eighth. We went to we went to six <laughs> different bars. Yeah. But the the cool thing is talking about business, right? Which bars? Oh man, we did. Uh, it's important. Yeah. It was a really like good night, so it'll be a little bit hard to forget. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, we went to like the Duke and Pub on King and. I Thank ended geez. up in night school somehow. I don't know. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good started time. off a little rustic and, <laughs> and on the other yes, end of the did, spectrum. Yes, we did. We did go to Phil's that night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Phil's oh, is always rough. Like, yeah. yeah, no Just man. Don't look up. Yeah. <laughs> don't look up. Don't look down. <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, just close your eyes. Yeah, it is. It's becoming a bit of a museum, really. Yeah, I and mean, you look in there, you're like, oh man, that that guy pissing on the urinal. That piss has been there for about yeah. two months. Now. I, I, I swear to God, there's been times <laughs> I saw him pissing. Yeah, yeah, I remember oh. that night. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, talking about this business aspect, which I think is a huge issue for a lot of a lot of big musicians, right? Is that you have to think about the music industry? The business isn't the business hours aren't from nine to five. They're from like ten p.m. to three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a ton of drinking. It's a ton of partying. It is yeah. though. It is yeah. that is that lifestyle, right? And while you're at it, and while you're there, there was not a moment that we were out and we weren't thinking business. We were like, what can we do for this next thing? Well, oh, we got this song idea. Let's go have a couple of drinks to talk about it, right? Sure. And some of the yeah. most important, crucial decisions were definitely <laughs> made by like these guys here and, and myself while we were out. So that business environment you just got to be able to handle it definitely you know? yeah especially being a, a musician you know you're in the entertainment business so you oh, kind of yeah. have to yeah. socialize oh, yeah. and yeah you have the be personality about. to back it up yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the biggest absolutely. the biggest issue i think is is that there's a lot of young kids that are doing music and they're great musicians but the whole thing is it's like i'm too good to change myself for doing yeah. this production and yeah. and believe me like because mitch is like he's an amazing producer like i haven't i've i've been <laughs> i had a band in toronto for three years i've worked in a bunch of other different studios and stuff but like this guy it was like we would we would do we would do a vocal take right and i it, nothing had to be said all mitch had to say was so we're just gonna do another one and i would be like okay yeah 100 percent." and that was two things that was me being open to do that other take and also mitch kind of saying very politely yeah, that was kind of shit. We gotta, get it. <laughs> yeah. you know, and it was like, and you gotta as a as a recording artist, you gotta be able to do that, and that's where that magic happens. That yeah. you were talking about, right? Yeah. So and and yeah. like just to chime in on that, like yeah. it's also on my end knowing when that magic is there and not kind of overdoing it. Oh, that was a huge. So thing, like, yeah. like for example, like Paper Flowers, like it's a six and a half minute long song. All the vocals that you hear on okay. there. Yeah. That was from two takes. Oh, shit. even the even the doubles and backing vocals, everything was just two full takes of vocals. Damn, that's it. That's crazy. Ooh. So, it, yeah. it, good job, they're bound. Like, it, like, <laughs> it was pretty like my my approach is definitely like yeah. If, if I hear it and I know it's there, sure. then that's you it. You don't want to overwork if, it. If we if we go too far, back, then right? yeah, then then the magic's gone. And were you surprised to get that kind of result out of Jacob after having him there and him just one taking? <laughs> I mean, at that point, like. No. Like, well, the whole process, like, we started production mid-December, and we finished the record two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So within a month is, we did the whole thing. Quick. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, like I said, but, all I had was that whiskey, it. cigarettes, and my music, man. And I actually, so you know how there's, like, a winter break, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're supposed to come back, like, January 5th or whatever. I came back December 27th. 
So I, I was only home for like a week, and I when I got home, I straight up told my parents, and I love my parents so much. They've been so supportive <laughs> through this whole thing. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to come to these family things because I got to be in the studio with the guys. We got to get this out. And my dad was like, yep, that's business. Like, yeah. That's what it is, right? And yeah. I was there, and I was home alone, and I had these little ghost tracks or whatever we were working on, and it was just me and the music. And that was, I think, I mean, Mitch can probably attest this too. Like, definitely when I walked into the studio, it was very much... We're gonna get it done. It's game time. Yeah, yeah it's game time. We're, yeah. not, sure. we're not leaving until we achieve what we want to achieve that yeah. night. That's awesome. I feel like, especially with music that is comes across as soulful mm -hmm. as Jacob's music does, mm. I feel like if he's got something in his mind for how it wants or how he wants it to come across, yep. there's probably a short window where mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to get that that vibe, that yeah. sound. Absolutely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, especially with the high tolerance of whiskey, you, know, <laughs> sure. you gotta, you know, you gotta be at that right little median. But uh, <laughs> no, we had a lot of fun, and I mean, like, you should that uh, definitely diving into it. I mean, Mitch, Mitch was huge, and so was Jack for the process of recording the album, and it's, it's probably so far the best decision I've made as a musician. So I'm sure. Really happy with I mean, it. even just that little snippet, the, the depth of the instrumentation on there, oh, yeah. is so much broader than any of your previous works that's right and i yeah. assume that's something that these guys brought to the table oh, yeah. um oh, i kind of yeah. wanted to ask like in the in the little video snippet that i saw there's some other players there who who are those guys are they just like sure. session players that you guys know you or? Talk about them, yeah sure so yeah. like um so there's a third part of canadian daydream that's stefan okay stefan tamala he uh so he's the guy who played drums on the record um, he also does a lot of behind-the-scenes work with me in terms of like the production, the engineering stuff. He handles a lot of the the back-end, like editing and and that whole process. And oftentimes when I'm trying to sit there and come up with ideas, if he's in the room, if him and I are in the same room together while we're doing production, like both oh, these guys can dude. like just like the ideas are just constant. Yeah, no, like, chemistry is amazing. And uh, like I played bass on the record and. Going further back, like oh say, yeah, you were like, looking rather dapper. I believe you were wearing. Uh... <laughs> it's funny actually. I was going yeah. to a work Christmas party that night. We tracked and then immediately went to a to a Christmas party after that. Yeah, that's but right. um, but going back to like when Steph and I were working together in college, we uh, like oftentimes I would be the one engineering, he'd be the one playing drums. So our chemistry kind of started there, and then we played in a band together with Jack. Um, in college as well. Okay, cool. And so just the musical chemistry grew. So now whenever we produce records together, it's like between him playing on drums and me playing bass, just locking in and just n knowing what each other are thinking. And like my whole approach with producing and working with an artist, somebody like Jacob and a few other people, um, have to get into their heads. Mm-hmm. Which... I, I say I'm a crazy person because I gotta I gotta be able to think the same way that he thinks. It's pretty Definitely. terrifying how yeah. much he knows you by the end of it. Yeah, yeah like, it's like, yeah, but it's good. Like I could, we we could be listening back to a track and then I can hit stop, turn around, and say an idea, and Jake will just be like, "Yeah." There were a lot of moments like, "Yeah, I was just about to say that." And <laughs> I think the really cool thing was just to just really speak to Stefan because he's not here, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. You started off with a ghost track, right? Just acoustic guitar and a vocal take. And when we did those, I was I was so sick. Like I was coming over this strep throat, over it was, and mm -hmm. I was really down in the dumps. And these guys were like, "Well, we gotta do the ghost tracks." And I really pushed myself to do these ghost tracks, and we got them down. And then, like Paper Flowers, when you guys hear it, you know when it comes out, it was like 
we just it was just a bunch of chords on acoustic guitar but then we'd be in the we'd be in the studio room and me and Mitch would be saying things to Stefan just concepts right and this kid would just nail it it's just like you knew exactly mm. what I was talking about right so I mean that's another thing too about Canadian Daydream when you get back to these younger artists right like you've got a team of guys that not only are going to be able to produce your album but then also play on it Right. And session musicians, man, they cost a ton of money, especially if you're looking for really good players. And the other thing, too, is, I mean, Mitch is very, very well connected in mm -hmm. that kind of realm. So mm -hmm. we do have a couple songs with uh, some strings from a young lady named Joni, I believe, yeah, from Joni England. Joni Fuller, she, yeah. she's from the UK. Okay, yeah. cool. Fantastic, like, oh, world-class string player. Like, all yeah. the strings that you hear on it, Sounds like a full string section, but that's yeah. just her. Yeah, that's it's like, it's like is... 36 violins or whatever. Wow. It's 36 yeah. tracks of strings 36 tracks on the flowers. So yeah, like, that's crazy. Oh, it, yeah. It, and even working with somebody of that caliber, it's just like, I just had to explain to her the idea and the concept that we wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then she sent back the tracks. She's like, okay, what about this? She gave me kind of a layout. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Yep. And like, I've worked with her in the past and just getting the strings back is like, that's, that's it. Yeah. And, then, and then and then some she would come up with ideas and add oh, elements yeah. to the song that it there just definitely it moments. just needed it mm -hmm. yeah so so these guys like really acted as like a huge catalyst for you they were like i mean with yeah. your your last release i can hear that you're really coming into your own as your yeah. own artist kind of straying away from a lot of influences yeah and really building like your own character yeah at least that's kind of what i gathered from it for sure. and then the little snippet i'm like Okay, this is where we're at now. Yeah. Like, like this is, <laughs> this yeah. is the big leagues yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And um, just to speak to Jack on that one, Jack with the video work that he did. So we did two live sessions. Uh, we did the Daydream sequence and also Live from Nowhere, mm -hmm. which was really cool because we went to St. Jacobs and we were, you know, what the whole idea is is that you kind of like pick a spot or whatever, you just film in it. Mm. And uh, we ended up like filming like two a two minute walk down this road from like a beekeeping. Place. And it was like yeah. in St. Jake's. I remember that? And like yeah. we almost crashed the car and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. Like, yeah. You guys want to hear about this? Too many bees, dude. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wild. You like jazz? You know, it's a big movie, right? Yeah, no. But it was good. So, anyways, we set up and filmed wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear just more about Okay, okay, okay. So, 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 you weren't there. I wasn't no. there. No. Uh, there was another so guy with us, Marshall Roney, who actually is also part of their kind of roster for musicians and stuff like that. He's a great artist. Go check him out. Um, so we were driving and, uh, we kind of like, we're trying to do this three point two and Stefan was, was driving and he's a, he's a, he's a Uber Eats, skip the dishes type guy driver. Oh, know? so he's a professional he's driver. He's a professional yeah. driver. Yeah. So we're backing, we're backing, we're, we're backing from the three point turn and all of a sudden it's a drop off into this cornfield yeah. and we drop off yeah. and we're all looking back uh, yeah. and everybody's screaming, Steph, Steph, it's it's fine. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It's and, and he's like, it's okay, you guys, don't worry. And he pulls us out. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, oh, like this is okay, yeah. <laughs> this is great adrenaline rush before I go on for my, you know. Yeah. And that was and that Actually. was something too. It was really hot that day. Yeah, no, it was. That. Yeah, no, yeah. it was. Oh. Yeah, but uh, so we so that's <laughs> we were so all shirtless by the end. Of that. Yeah, so that video, that video work that when that came out, I was like, oh my god, just beautiful, right? And the stuff that you see in that clip, that promotional video. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had what, like a week? Basically, yeah, no, we that was done in a week. Basically, all of the uh, all, all the stuff that we uh, we did in the studio, most of it, like schedule permitting, like um, yeah. we, we can't all three of us be in the studio for every single session we do, right? But for as many of them as physically possible, I was in there shooting, like getting a bunch of good B roll and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I had like 
an hour, hour and a half of just like all this different footage to sort through, and so I'm picking some some highlights, some good looking moments. You know, I mean, there, there's there's not many bad ones, but like the <laughs> no. ones that look best muted. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and uh, I, you know, I guess I have to run by these guys, but I was gonna talk about the February fifteenth. What we were gonna. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah see, I gotta time. see the thing now is is that when you're working with other people, you gotta be like, so are we allowed yeah. to like you know? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we allowed to. Yeah. 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 Um, so the cool the thing is is that I'm really excited for is February fifteenth for this whiskey and smokes single. We're actually be filming a music video live on King Street. I don't oh, know if you cool. got it. Yeah. Where, what part? Street? Yeah, where? Just oh, the whole street. It's literally just yeah. so it's going to be an open invite to whoever wants to come who's ever a big fan of the single. And we're just going to say, hey, we're filming at these times. If you're going out yeah. anyways, you want to say hi on the camera, by all means. Yeah, come And uh, yeah, it's just going to kind of be like live off the floor. You know, if the cops show up, they show up. <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to ask, like, yeah. so you guys are just going to yeah. run out in we're the just street gonna and kind of do your it. thing? Yeah, yeah. exactly, you gonna, man. You, no. Uh, so would the idea be like uh, when yeah. kids are playing hockey, you kind of shuffle off when a car is trying to come by? Yeah, I think the big thing is, especially when you get into uh, whiskey and smokes, when you listen to it, uh, the whole concept is, is it's this idea of addiction and the concepts of when you've left this world of being with somebody and now you're not in that world anymore and what do you have left? Right, you have these problems and these issues, and then you go on King Street, and I spent a lot of time on King Street after my breakup. Um, you start noticing people and the different ideas of how they work, and there's a lot of impressionism that happens in that song. The whole album is basically an impressionist take on, you know, a breakup, right? Um, and what the music video really is is just going to be capturing those moments on King Street because those moments happen all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's just probably going to be walk me walking down the sidewalk. Maybe there's going to be some people behind me. Maybe some people saying, hi, who knows? Cool. You know, say hi to a couple of homeless guys, you know, playing guitar, <laughs> teaching a song. You never know, right? Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's... Get robbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? Yeah, that actually, was, yeah. yeah. I've actually done some busking on King Street. That's, that's, a, that's a sketchy time right there. So yeah. what are you thinking? Are you going to be downtown, uptown? Oh, oh, uptown, uptown, uptown for, sure. Okay. for sure. Yeah, why that's we, what we'll do. You don't want to That's... risk it downtown? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 from no. up to downtown and just like, awesome. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. that would be, oh, that's that's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. just like yeah. go down. And that then... would be a great progression of the music video. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's yeah, funny? When sketchier, you listen sketchier. to the song, when you listen to the song, and this and this was a huge thing that probably Mitch can talk about after I'm done, but it expands. It's almost like if the Beach Boys did alternative rock. That's cool. The amount of harmonies going on, the amount yeah. of different little parts of melodies and things like that, it becomes this polyphonic, almost polyrhythmic concept of like this one idea that you started off just with like a guitar, drum, and bass. Yeah. And I mean, Mitch, Mitch, you want to talk about Yeah, that? I mean like even getting into some of the finer details that you may not necessarily notice right away. Um, one of the biggest things, and this was like early on when yeah. Who was first playing us the songs was uh, it grows right and uh, obviously I want it to be dynamic and all that but by the end I want because the the main line is he's talking about him feels like as you he's addressing him all the time but then you know, at the very end in the last chorus I was like what if we open it up what if we say in our souls or mm -hmm. yeah us. yeah. And so making it relatable in that sense yeah. and like yeah. it is an anthem it is mm -hmm. and then creating it's an good. anthem exactly yeah. cool I, I like that you you said it, it's like this impressionist take because that's kind of what i pulled from your music as yeah. well like you you tend to paint these really vivid pictures sure. that have like a much deeper concept like okay. beneath the surface yeah. like it might just be you uh i don't know singing about 
let's say you're kind of like this this wolf like figure and yeah. you're you're out looking for like a woman size at the up, night yeah, whatever yeah, right. but that it, was it really can get like cool so one. much deeper oh yeah really size cool. you up was when i wrote that one i kind of, that's when you're talking about finding that sound that's why i played it for these guys and i said to them hey i want this i want you guys to be the first people to record this live and then i went to go do an ep um in mississauga when i went back for the summer that that same kind of time period but size you up was was is really cool because it's this satirical aspect of you know uh, little red riding hood and the wolf right but the thing is is when you go out to the clubs and you go out to the bars it is like that. it is just like that and, sure. and and nobody wants to talk about that stuff and i think that's a huge thing in the music industry right now too you know you've got this idea of like okay well like what like what is you know sexuality like what is like we're raising all these oh, questions yeah. out in society right and it's just my take on it and i really don't care if people hate it or like it or whatever it is i think the biggest thing is, is just people listening i so, feel like you nailed it yeah. and then oh, even the beyond thing, the lyrics yeah. like the first chord that comes in yeah. it's dark yeah. but it's fun and yeah. it's just like <laughs> it's a jimmy Hendrix. like it's a, yeah. a juxtaposition yeah. of the nightlife yeah exactly right? yeah yeah so for sure so i mean and these guys i mean paper flowers like uh, it is a breakup album, but there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek moments you know, nice. things like that. Yeah, so we're excited for that. Bit of sass. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great way to kind of you know. Yeah. And it's it's almost like I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, should I drop a name or whatever? And then it's like, no. But it's like you know, like those school shooters. They're like they don't like fucking oh, say the name on yeah, TV, yeah. right? Because it's oh, like don't give them you don't the name. Because you don't want to glorify the villain. You don't want to make it it was kind of like that right so i was like i was like i don't know but um uh no i mean (laughs) the big thing is with the with the entire album it's you know i don't want to say anything about it or or you know i'm not going to go into any details in that sense but that is basically the best way to express what i had to say about the whole situation you know because it was a big moment for me and especially that next week you know losing your job and then being, you know, really, really, really down in the dumps. And then you're, like, in the studio, and these guys are kind of like, yeah, no, we got you. And they, like, that's another thing, too, right? Like, it was, like, the support network of just right. being you got, the you got this outlet now, right? Oh, yeah. But the guys you're working with, too. Sure. Like, it was just, like, it was great business. So, it was wicked, man. Like, one thing that, like, that, especially when we first moved into our space and all that, like, the out of everything, whether it's the gear or whatever, we really had to focus on how to make this space as creative as we possibly can so you can walk into the room and just be inspired. Yeah, well... Like, that, that, that was my, at least before we moved into the space that we are, um, that was my interpretation on oh, yeah. designing my home studio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gotta um, have that feng shui. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and what do you do to, to kind of like a company that is oh, it like, dude, is, it, is it feng shui or is it like, you yeah. know, wall colors, is it lighting, is it yeah. all of that? No, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. No, I, w- I, would, I would have to say the hardest part about starting a studio is painting all the damn walls. Yeah. <laughs> that was the <laughs> biggest thing we did. It took like the longest amount of time to set up when we've got our space. It took us, what, like a month and a half to finish painting? Was it still the, the gray ones? It was pathetic oh, that it took us that long. I would say, you yeah. don't throw yeah. yeah. the so when these guys showed up here before we went live mm. we we had a little bit of an icebreaker moment where we were asking them where <laughs> where their recording studio is and we don't have to divulge the address or anything like that yeah. but don't. um <laughs> yeah. we we actually found out that it, it, they're they're working out of an old studio that we used to rent yeah, <laughs> yeah. small world very small yeah yeah was it still the gray <laughs> walls there yeah it, it was yeah. like a 
deep with that weird blue. foam that was like was, yeah. still, <laughs> was, was that your foam because we repurposed still, that it was, foam. There, it was there when we uh, <laughs> we still got it we took it all down and we put it in our ISO booth yeah 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 so we covered it all up we with just the, covered the foam. it up with like curtains or whatever but, <laughs> yeah. also it's that, nice the hole at the back there's just a random oh yeah we, yeah, we, we put, put a band, band over it yeah, yeah, yeah that was driving us nuts that's as far as I know on the hole I'm not gonna express anything see else. I didn't even know I didn't even know there was a hole man like yeah. I'm, I'm so out of it I'm just, uh, <laughs> well yeah well, we, we fixed it how long did it take you guys to like complete I guess the renovations until it was like okay now we're a, a studio well uh, we got in there in October of 2017 and okay. we were was it 2017 yeah. Oh, um man. we were Where did the time go? I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We we were pretty much functioning by December, ultimately. Yeah. Once like once all the gear was in there and like we got things like we were fun. ready to start bringing people in right. that kind of thing. Um we, all of the art that we have in there is from Value Village. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. We we de- you can't tell. It looks we used pricey. to go like <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, almost every day. I yeah, think. no, yeah. We're like what go, art could we find? Let's go pillage the village with the... the yeah. 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 You guys got some good pieces in there? Oh, uh, yeah. Like is, is, yeah. Is there, like, any photos up online that we could check out? Yeah, if you check on our website. I, I would love to look at it. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, when we had that space, it was just barren. Like, we had a computer yeah. in the corner, oh, yeah. some instruments oh, yeah, at the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I think someone left, it. like, a tool poster, like, up there. Yeah. Really yeah. Cool. <laughs> there was maybe just one poster yeah, in there. Yeah. Oh, man. No, but the what? What's what's the web? It's oh, CD. Oh, yeah. Canadian Daydream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. pardon me. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. No, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, no, they. It's a killer website, man. And yeah. it's cool because they've got my link on there. They've also got Marshall Veroni, who's another guy they've worked with. Uh, Heather Valley. Heather Valley. Working with in there. And, yeah, it's uh, right at the top. Yeah, they also have Excuse Me, I believe, on there too. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah. Um, in terms of Canadian Daydream, it's uh, a lot of the artist roster you have is, they all kind of like. I don't want because they all don't fall into the same genre, but they all kind of like roll with each other in yeah. terms of like the vibe. Um, and, 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 and like in terms of like uh, uh, you know, you're not going for like oh like you know hip hop or metal or like the genres aren't going like crazy extremes. Mm. You're like keeping it within like a certain like uh, like vibe in terms of the subgenres that go within it. Was that something that kind of I mean built? over time or what or were you like going for that intentionally like i know there's like offshoot art like works you've already done before but mm. um well i i can the ones that have really shined i guess or yeah yeah you know stick out in the, in the same sort of kind of genre vein yeah, yeah, yeah they can exactly kind of the same exist vein. in the same sphere and nobody's yeah. gonna bat an eye you know yeah it's not saying like they're all identical in sound exactly like well I, I i do have to say i mean all, like those projects for the longest time have just been like free projects we've done as like a labor of love right and so in that way we've also gotten to choose who we work with so obviously you know a little bit of personal taste and bias gets in there like the people that I reach out to but I, I, I haven't been like discriminating if anybody comes sure. to me and they're like hey I'm, I'm, I'm in a metal band we, we listen to your stuff we love it can right. we do it I'm like well yeah I'd sure. love to yeah, okay yeah. cool like, it, it, it's, it's, it's although, a free for all yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's especially though the way that it's kind of developed um, we started a secondary music series called uh, Live from Nowhere, right? Cool. Which is geared a whole lot more towards like a, like a singer songwriter or a duo, like something that can just be done acoustically, just so it's easier and shot in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, oh, okay. So That's that has kind of taken the center stage as far as like singer songwriters go. We're keeping the daydream sequences as more of like a band thing, right? Right. At least okay. that's the direction we've gone in the last little bit. But it's taken a little bit to go that way because we're 
releasing weekly and now we're doing live from nowhere so there hasn't that's cool. been that many sequences right right bit, but so more to develop yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's cool. getting more into the like the band arena specifically yeah. yeah well just uh like the way mitch was talking earlier uh saying he's got to get into the artist's headspace i think anybody who is able to do that isn't necessarily going to discriminate against no. any type of music right. like, there's, there's some headspaces you don't want to get into right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be able to go true. home at the end of the day yeah, 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 yeah that's for sure true. that's for sure yeah, sometimes you take it home with you yeah you do certain artists and you know they really bring out their emotions and then you go home and you're like shit yeah. <laughs> it's like oh cool now i yeah. have a drinking problem <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh that's funny yeah you see the next day you're like rough yeah. night you're like yeah, yeah. you're like yeah. same yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so has jacob brought any calamity to your life then <laughs> yeah. uh <laughs> partially uh, yeah well i mean Whoa. like my, 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 my liver isn't in like the, you know pristinest of hell. Right, you're looking a little he jaundiced. Ha- he hasn't done me any favors. <laughs> oh, I, really, I really like, I really like alcohol. It kind of worked was, it was like, I was really fucking depressed, and then I was like, we'd record, and it'd be great, everybody up, I'm like, yeah, let's go out for some drinks, guys, have a good time, so, with the sole intention of me just getting wasted, right? right. Yeah. And then these guys would kind of realize halfway through the night, on the first night, oh, Jacob's just getting like plastered <laughs> and then they were like oh yeah we can get plastered too and then it just became a regular thing but it, it was it was it was really good and it just came back to that whole concept of the the ideas of calamity in a studio because there there are musicians that i will say that i have worked with that do wear their emotions on a sleeve and i detest that in a sense because what happens is, is when you come to that studio it is business and and you're there you've already put your money down and stuff you got to be willing to do the takes you know and if you have a bad day sharing sure, there's other times to do it but for me it was kind of like you know kid like suck it up like, <laughs> you, you gotta yeah. you gotta go in and do it and that's that's that whole idea of are you an artist or like are you a businessman in this scene sure right sure. that's a that's a big question well, where do you position yourself are you more oh, of an artist or more of a businessman businessman I, I can kind of see it like going through yeah. your social media postings like it definitely yeah. it definitely shows that you're building a brand yeah. for yourself you know like this this whole identity this whole look this whole sound that's going on like it's yeah. all very cohesive yeah and these guys are the best people to have around to support it cool. <laughs> no they, they really are because Mitch especially uh, has been huge in developing that concept and it is this aspect of hey we, we got this idea I'm thinking about doing this and Mitch might say okay well why don't you try this this and that and uh, it was funny, it was like a Sunday night, and I was just coming back from the pub, and I was trying to book myself for a show. I'm playing this Saturday at the Churchill Arms, uh, just doing an opening set or whatever it is, but that's where some people can come out and catch some of the music. What time can right? the people catch you? 7.45 p.m., man, 355 Herb Street. Go it's check them out. Place. Yeah, oh, there you yeah. go, man. Yeah, I'll no, we'd love to have out. you guys <laughs> out, yeah. But um, uh, it was that night, and I've already had a couple of like triples of Jack Daniels, and then I get a phone, I get a phone call from Mitch, and he's like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Oh, what's going on?" He's like, "So you're gonna be playing the Boathouse on Monday for the open mic. You're gonna be playing the Patent Social, and uh, let's start booking you for some podcasts and stuff." And I'm just like, "Oh, okay." So like, hey. just from like went from doing nothing to like this week, it's been like we were at the Boathouse last night, which was terrific. Yeah, I caught the yeah. video from the Boathouse. Yeah. Great job. Thank you, man. Uh, Steam Whistle sponsoring that. Yep. So. Nice. Like that's a huge thing. Go yeah, check Mitch that out. Yeah, Mitch is running that. Yeah, yeah, Mitch is running that. yeah I just hit him up today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a super, he's a super nice guy. Uh, the guy that was playing the acoustic act with the guy, I forget his name, but uh, Mitch was playing. We played a show with Mitch. Sorry to kind of derail this a slight bit, but we played a show with Mitch. 
and it was at Starlight, and he was playing alongside this guy oh, who right. plays like the okay. flamenco guitar. He's like a little bit of a little bit older, and he's uh, I forget what his name is. I don't know if you guys have. Oh, this guy no, he, plays, he plays at the Duke sometimes. Oh, does he yes. grow his nails? The flamenco um, guy. The flamenco guy. Oh, he grows his nails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, um, it's a kind of like a, it's a bit yeah. of an uh, exotic name. Um, okay. And he plays, a, he played alongside, alongside Mitch uh, these covers, but he was just kind of like improvising over them yeah. and he was doing really like jazzy stuff which I found really cool oh, he was yeah, just like wicked. yeah so yeah a lot of like modal playing no no for sure so so like even tonight is. for instance people <laughs> watching live if they're tuned in like I'm gonna be at the pad and social tonight oh yeah doing that open mic there as well and the cool thing is oh, is nice. that now these guys and this is the great part being with Canadian Daydream you get the cameras that come out you get uh, guys that can give you feedback on your live performances and stuff and again it's being open to that Sure, I think that's a huge thing for a lot of local artists, right? Like, they go out, and they play their hearts out, and they fucking nail it. Yeah. But there's no exposure outside of the venue, you know? Nobody's watching. Hey, Mombrier's cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing, right? Like, you see little snippets and stuff that's taken on, like, super low resolution. Like, it's just really not doing the performance justice. And I mean, it's of nobody's fault. Per se, it's just the circumstances. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. Like, not yeah. everybody knows somebody yeah. who can come out and film or take photos yeah. or yeah. post like, on social yeah. media or exactly. And I'm very, very fortunate for my position. Yeah. Um, especially like back to my parents and stuff. You know, like having a family and and two parents that are like, yeah, we're okay with our kid. Like, you know, starving for a while. Yeah, <laughs> down, yeah, starving for a while and you know, drinking whiskey and like doing all this stuff and like having to go home really like. They're they're great, and that that kind of was also my dad was very business based, you know, and he said you got to go to school, do some type of business with your music. So, um, and the the amount that that's paid off. I mean, the stuff you're hearing from Mitch and Jack about me in the studio, I don't think that's, you know, this whole concept of talent doing those two takes or one takes. I think that's the business mindset. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think that's I what totally does it. That. Yeah, I think that's what does it. I mean, well, it doesn't help that you got <laughs> yeah, you got the goods too. Yeah, like, I got Jesus. the goods too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you definitely have like the, the that kind of it factor. You know, like thank you. Um, when I listened to your latest record, it was just kind of like, oh, like it's just a matter of time before this dude just like hits wow. his stride and kind of blows yeah, up. Like that's so what much. it sounds like to me. Like yeah. super <laughs> well done. And then the snippet that you guys have put together and like the album that you have coming out and the single at the end, of, it's the end of the week, right? Yeah. Yep. Friday. Friday, I'm super yep. excited to hear that. Right. Yep. Um, and I feel like you're in a great position in the tri cities because I don't think you have a ton of competition Yep. Right? Like, we're pretty well-versed with, like, the hardcore scene, which is, like, the predominant thing going on in in Mm -hmm. the Tri-Cities and has been since, like, the mid-90s. Yeah, and that's, like, Mississauga, too, and that's, like, Toronto. So before I actually broke off in my solo career, I was with a band called Perryvale in high school. Uh, and we played like Burlington Rib Festival. We played Sick Kids Hospital for one of their charity walks. Like we we were kind of known in that scene. But the thing was, we were like lo-fi alternative, and we were opening for like screamo bands. Yep. And because th- those were the only people yeah. that were putting on house shows and stuff. And then when you come to Waterloo, there's a lot of those guys doing that. And the thing is, is like that genre is great. But if there's an oversupply, it's just it's economics, right? Like if there's an oversupply of a product, right? Saturation. Exactly. And the demand for it and the price of that product goes down. So how do you do that? Well, like, okay, how are you going to differentiate yourself? Well, you're going to spend X amount of money with a label to do an album that's going to, you know, knock people's socks off, right? (laughs) So So, um, being in this this kind of little 
niche area in, yeah. in the Tri-Cities. Have you had to open for any hardcore acts? Or <laughs> No, but I definitely would love to. Yeah. It would be a I think good, you should. Yeah, I think, I think should, it would yeah. be great. And I think um, even at the Boathouse last night when we were playing, there is this concept of the, the style of the music and the vocal take of it. It is grungy in a sense and it is hardcore in a sense because the ideas and the concepts are like that and that's what i grew up around right like when i was like 17 18 and i was playing in toronto at junction city hall and stuff and i was walking around dundas and spadina it was like yeah you know people are upset and that's and that's kind of what that genre was built out of and i think people have been upset since the 90s yeah and that's why there's a lot of that underground scene popping up you know Angst. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, angst, man. Yeah, no, for sure. Guys, hard. Nothing like a good breakup to bring bring out the <laughs> angst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to talk yeah. about like your your growing stages, for especially sure. with like Perryvale. Yeah. Um. So you you said you're playing like a little more like of an alternative sound. Yeah, it was more of like a Cage Elephant, Red Hot Chili Peppers type thing. I was with um, David McLean on bass, Nick Corcoran lead guitar, and Jordan Diaz on drums. We went through three different drummers. It was it was a riot. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, and um, I did a lot of the songwriting. I would come to the band with chords and a melody, and I had ideas for the music. And we actually all invested like... 500 bucks which was a lot for a high schooler like four high schoolers to put up 500 bucks oh, yeah. each it's a lot for me studio. right now <laughs> yeah no, yeah exactly right uh and we built our own studio in uh nick corcoran's house and we put out music and the thing was was that i had ideas of how i wanted to have things and then eventually what started happening was you start realizing okay there's four different minds working in this room and there's people that want to show their specialties in the mm-hmm. band and that it was good we did have a little bit of a falling but it wasn't the professional level that I would have liked it to be at. And I took a year off, grade 13. That's when things got really heavy. And I had a lot of personal things going on at the time. I had a lot of issues with addiction and stuff like that. And you kind of have this rebirth, you know? I went to school and then school was like, okay, it's like a concrete jungle, you know? Waterloo's like this wild town where like anything goes, you know? And That's then, what you thought when you came to Waterloo. Oh, oh man, no, because I was so I was That's nineteen. I was nineteen at the beginning of second semester, so I would just go out by myself, like mm-hmm. from res, and I would just go get lost and see what happens, you know. And I would get like I got like kicked out of fills, like all this crazy <laughs> stuff happened, you know. And uh, and then I was like, okay, like let's actually try and find what we like what my style is, and that started with me recording my own music in my bedroom. Uh, in the summer of it would have been 2016 which was Wandering Man mm-hmm. which is my first album definitely sounds like a bedroom record oh yeah no for sure and and you know what was funny people still love that stuff like yeah. they're still listening to it it's my most streamed song right now on Spotify it's hilarious um, and then I did a couple more I did another EP during exams and I just kept I the whole idea was keep moving mm-hmm. keep putting things out and then eventually somebody is going to notice you and then you're going to get this thing and the whole thing was was that weird Instagram message from that guy. He's like, hey, we're part of this Canadian daydream. Like, let's do a live <laughs> session. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything, you know? And <laughs> you sound like Mitch? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's what he, okay. yeah, yeah. he sounds like. Yeah, no, yeah, but it was like, like, it was like, it was like, holy crap. Now you're like looking at it and it hasn't even been like a year. Yeah. yeah. And now we're here and it's like. Yeah, it seems like you definitely kept the ball rolling. Like when yeah. I was going through your back catalog, it's like uh, 2017, yep. 2018. Yeah. Another project, like end of 2018, yep. and then right into this. Like, it's yep. just kind of yeah. kept going. Yep. Like, keeping that momentum, is that important yeah. to oh, yeah. keeping your sound fresh and yep. keeping mm-hmm. the ideas coming? Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing, too, is is, is 
you want like there's there, you want to build a base crowd of people that are just interested in supporting you right and you, and you meet a lot of people that what i call are sympathy streamers mm -hmm. so people that are like oh like i know him and like it's not the best right, quality right. or whatever but like he's my friend and and then some of those sympathy streamers turn into actual fans and then they're like oh no i'll come out to a show and that's what started happening people started coming out to the show and they really like the music and then now like it's just after like aggravated appellation stuff people are like no this is a real like he's actually doing something really good yeah. and then now with his latest video you know we're at like 3,700 views, I think, right now. And you're getting Damn, messages. that's crazy. Oh, yeah. And you're getting messages from people like, yeah. like that are just mm. like, hey, like I've been a fan since like, you know, <laughs> yes. 2016. And like, just you're so good now. at guitar. And it's like, well, who the hell are you? But that's what happens, right? Because you, you make this step, right? And that's, and that's kind of the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing for a lot of musicians out there who are listening. Make the step. Mm -hmm. Do it. So it seems like you guys are a bit of a launch pad. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least for now. That's yeah, what it sounds that's. Like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're we're still early in yeah. in our journey as well. Like, yeah, as yeah. A, as a studio. Like, but we we've also straight up kind of already we've built a lot of our brand just on the idea of doing something similar to that, being able to bring a larger audience to especially like deserving local music, yeah. people that haven't been heard yet. And like yeah. our our concept is we're artists and yeah. we want to support artists so the mentality of artists supporting artists is what we yeah, that's kind of stand behind that's like our yeah, mission cool. well that's like right in line with us too so yeah, yeah. Exactly, it's perfect, right? perfect that you guys popped over here yeah, we should be friends. Do you guys have Facebook? <laughs> we do, actually. Well, we can make it official. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, let's get into a relationship. Yeah. Oh, I've already had one of those. We'll give you content for a new album. Yeah, new album, yeah. Oh, man. So, was there any um, particular sound that you wanted to go across the whole record, or does it kind of have it, its ups and downs? So I'm going to answer part of this, and then I want Mitch maybe to answer this. <laughs> so the, we were back to that impressionist aspect, right? That whole idea of capture. So that so it is a breakup, right? And then well, there's how many different ways and different parts of this breakup occurred, right? There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of rebirth, right? There's a lot of um, reminiscing, and. On this EP, people are going to get such a different sound on every single song. And I think that's what makes this EP so, like, I'm so proud of it. You know what I mean? And it was funny. I played it for my mom. And my mom was uh, was a punk in the 70s in England, like, during the IRA bombings and stuff. Oh. She's, she's you know, she's into the whole scene, man. Like, saw the wall live. Like, you know, it was awesome stuff. And the first thing she says to me is, like, Jacob, like, this is kind of like Fleetwood Mac's Rumors which is that whole idea of you've got all these different sounds happening. So when we walked in, it wasn't so much, are we looking for a specific sound? We're No, we're just going to bring it out of the song, and then we're also going to keep that same idea, that same motif of we're trying to, like you said, like paint that picture of this is what somebody, anybody, has, has gone through with a breakup or, or losing somebody that they were emotionally invested in. And I think Mitch can definitely get into that because he was behind and... Behind the board and just you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like from from the beginning, like from when we did the just the scratch tracks and all yeah. that. It's like that's when I started to kind of yeah paint this picture in my yeah. head of what what direction we should go in, but never really locking myself into any particular mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. Like my mindset is always throw out ideas, and if we throw. See what's 10 ideas, kind of maybe thing? one will stick. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one everybody will agree on. 
and uh, yeah, it's just to me, my ultimate goal is bringing a song to life and making it in such a way that I feel the song needs to be. Um, not necessarily doing anything because this is how it has to be done. Um, and I think just working with Jacob, like the more you hang out with him, the more you get to know the way he approaches things, and it's that it is that business mentality. Yep. It is, but also there's like so many different sides to look at yep. Jacob and to, to look at his music and to be able to then carry over that motif across all the songs. Like, yeah, you oh, listen to each one. Yeah. You, each one could be a single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they when, all stand alone pretty well. Exactly, yeah. but when you string them together, it's like, oh, okay. It's like, wow, this I is... I see. This Bigger picture to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You go That's on a awesome. journey, and even, like, with Paper Flowers, like, yeah. it's, a, it's a six and a half minute long song. Yeah. How do you keep somebody interested in, in that? And I, the way, best way I describe it is, like, it's like a roller coaster ride. Cool. You oh. get on at the beginning, and it's just just you and Jacob and then at the end you're like what did I just yeah. what, what did I just experience yeah. what just happened it's a you're fucked like, up roller coaster yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a roller like it just cause oh that's God. that's all the string work right and yeah, like, yeah. We, we were I was on the fence about it because obviously there's finances involved and stuff like yeah. that but like I was like you know what screw it like, let's just put the money down on it and oh my god man yeah um having that at your fingertips and then having a guy like Mitch to just make it all work. You're sitting there and you're like, yep, this is what this is what it is to be a musician. Like this is what we want to do. And that and and the cool thing is is that you go from at the beginning with this single Whiskey and Smokes that's coming out to like this, you know, a similar sound to what you got in Aggravated Appalachia and it is Jacob and it is it's like a whole step up and then you get into another song that kind of has the same ideas, it's a little more a little more poppy. And then we just drop you off the face of the cliff, and there's like one that we did in, uh, it was like two takes or whatever, but it was live mm-hmm. off the floor. And it's just me and my acoustic, which was what a lot of my original stuff was. Um, and then you go into stuff with a little bit more strings, and then paper flowers at the end, which is like this whole like, yeah, like this is what everything meant, kind of, this is what the whole idea was. And um, it was an experience, for sure. It was cool. a good time. Yeah, and yeah. even to go even further with that, with yeah. the whole mixing of the record, like a lot of times when I when I mix, it's just just me in the room. Um, again, I kind of have an idea walking in, but really I let the songs inspire me. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably the coolest moment out of the whole project was after he heard the mixes for the first time. Yeah. Where we we just all sat down in the control room and hit play. Yeah. Front to back, and then the moments after, like. Oh yeah, that was insane. So I mean. The thing is, when you're recording as an artist, right, you're just, you kind of have these time frames where you're like in limbo and you're like, it's it's in the studio now, right? Because all my other projects, I was there for everything, right? I knew exactly what was being moved around. I knew how things were going to sound. You had to hand your baby off for this one? Yeah, so this one was like, okay, you're going to take this and like, you know, like this is what it's all about. And there were like two or three days. Were your hands shaking like that? Nah, you know, I was, you know what? At that point, it was, it was very much like the bond with the guys in the studio was like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. And um, those two or three days passed by. I got a phone call. Mitch was like, "Yeah, go in the studio tonight. Listen to tracks. Pick myself up a little Mickey of Jack Daniels. <laughs> you know, had some bourbon with it, right? Because I knew I was in for a ride." And the first, <laughs> this guy, no, man. seriously, man. And and like, let me tell you. And when you when you have that high quality of production, and you're like, "Yep, this is going to be released." You're 
you're over the moon. And I'm so thrilled for people to hear the single on Friday, and I'm even mm-hmm. more excited for, uh, I think, so. it's going to be sometime in March for that uh, that EP release, and it's going to be killer, man. I'm so pumped for everybody to hear cool. it. Cool, yeah, we're really yeah. excited. Yeah. So uh, when you guys were listening back to the tracks, was it kind of one of those things where everyone in the room was silent? Oh, and yeah. like a song would end and you all just freak out like hell yeah yeah like yeah. that's the <laughs> shit right there there were a couple moments yeah there were definitely a couple moments where people had to leave the room and stuff even just because it was so yeah it was pretty emotional really oh yeah i mean there's there's one song on that on the album called prettiest thing in the room <sighs> and it is live off the floor and talking about that creative space right I, mitch you want to talk about the mics for that yeah, yeah so that was kind of cool um we we knew early on, like at the beginning, that we were going to do a song live off the floor and all that, and that, that was already set in stone. But for me, when it comes to capturing that, like how can I... Like, you have to make it sound like you're sitting there, well, right? That's yeah, exactly yeah. it. And yeah. so I ended up using five microphones on, on it, yeah. and uh, it's, without giving too much away about it, it starts like you're in the room with them, and then... And then he's right there. Okay. Yeah. That's and, probably the best yeah. way I can describe exactly. it. Exactly. And you know, all the lights were off, and it was again one of those things where we did one take, and and everybody was like, oh, "Okay," and I was like, "No, no, no, give me another one." And we yeah. did that other take, and mm. it was just like done. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah. So that there's a lot of powerful moments on the album for sure, and it is because it is a very, it was a powerful moment in my life for sure. I mean, being that, in that artist position of like you know like you were with somebody and and the abruptness of the breakup and the abruptness of losing a job and and losing friends and things that weren't going well and then putting that all into the studio it was just it was you know everything happens for a reason right yes that's 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 great i mean like at least for me i don't want to speak for everybody in the room but i'm gonna say it's probably pretty synonymous like it's one thing to listen to a track and it's really earwormy and you catch it it's another thing to listen to a track and it kind of just kicks you in the chest. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, no, it gives you like those little butterflies. Like you know? yeah. 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 And you're like, oh, there's, there's like yeah. more of a feeling to this than just bobbing my head. It's a mind yeah. worm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the shit that I love. Yeah. 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 No, actually, that song specifically, Prettiest Thing in the Room, uh, I, I couldn't make it there to actually for, for the recording. So I hadn't heard it yet. So I heard it for the first time when we were listening back in the studio, listening to all the songs after they'd gotten mixed, right? And yeah, no, I. Well, okay, like he said, he brought a fucking bottle of whiskey, and so he, yeah, he's no, a nice we enough were, guy. He shared some with me. Yeah. But I, it did. It just kicked me in the chest. I had to leave. Yeah. I got yeah. a little misty. I got, I got you know, shit in my yeah, past. It that happens, makes me sad man. sometimes. Oh yeah. Fuck it. Fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good, you know. But like, that's, that's what we want. Like another thing too, even like for me to. I was there the whole, like, for the whole process, the whole recording process. I saw these songs through from beginning to end. And to be able to, again, be in Jacob's head and be able to make sure that emotion is put across in the end, in the mix, I feel like, for me, was the hardest part. But I think with Jacob being involved the way he was the whole time through, really, like, being able to... I don't know. Just the the whole thing just kind of came. Yeah, together. I was there. I was there basically every time anybody was doing anything in the studio, yeah. which like, was which was a huge thing. Yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of artists that'll be like, oh, you didn't drums today, like oh, I don't, you know. Whatever. Yeah, too many yeah. too many yeah. artists that I know. Yeah, I'm not gonna say any names or anything. Yeah. Oh, please do. But after no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could talk about it after. Right, right, right. Where where they'll pay for studio time, they yeah. come in, they go, 
oh, like I'm hot shit, I'm gonna do my thing, and then they just leave it up to the engineering and <laughs> yeah, production give team. Me a bread. That's to the do best whatever. part. What are you talking well, about, man? Yeah. <laughs> That's safe. Right? <laughs> <Too. laughs> I can only imagine, like, what me? What a, what a terrible time that must be oh, yeah. for the artist no. to go back and listen to that. Like, yeah. I can't imagine somebody being satisfied with being completely hands off. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it's no. a cool experience to go, oh, this is what somebody turned my music into. Yeah, but yeah. to not have your hands in on that creative process, Definitely other not. than just doing like the original, like the first takes and then just taking yeah. off. Well, I don't know if you guys saw the movie Love and Mercy. It's about Brian Wilson and his kind of career. No, I haven't seen it. It's really good. It's it's a really well done film. But they go, they get into the ideas of how he was during Pet Shop Sounds and all this kind of stuff. And um, man, it's like, he that's kind of what inspired me of how to act in the studio. Being very kind of always present, always having something to say, and then, you know, bouncing those ideas off. Because if you're not there, and you're not really you don't really care about the project right right how and invested shows, are you in shows your own in the music, music. Yeah. sure yeah
For a while Cause aren't you the prettiest thing in the room Girl, I can't take my eyes off you And there ain't nothing nobody here can do Aren't you the prettiest thing in the room? Aren't you the prettiest thing in the room? Girl, I can't take my eyes off you. There ain't nothing nobody here can do. Aren't you the prettiest thing in the room? Thank you very much. Hey! What's up? What's up? <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that beautiful piece by Jacob. Amazing performance. Sweet, Thank sensual. So yeah. There's a reason why I guess he, he's the one-take wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Fucking uh, nailed it. we probably get that March, sometime in March. That's what <laughs> yeah. we're looking for. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of sneak peek. Thanks for doing that, man. That was no, awesome. Was good. Gotta make it yeah. exclusive everywhere you go. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is, man. Um, I gotta ask, what's up with the Dreamcatcher on the guitar? Oh, man, yeah, it's a killer story. So... Um, <laughs> I actually, when I was a kid, my parents uh, had some family friends in Manitoulin, and I actually grew up with a bunch of people who were Aboriginal, and it, it was a huge thing. I was actually going to powwows the whole nine yards when I was just a little kid, and I really got into Aboriginal culture, and there was one time where we actually took the Polar Express up to Moosonee. Right, it's it's an actual thing, right? It was cool. I thought it was just a movie. Uh, just a movie, right? But it's an actual <laughs> thing. It's called the Polar Express, and... It takes you all the way up to Moosonee, and we went to one of the reserves there that they had that is a little bit of like a touristy type thing. They take you in through the Hudson Bay Company, what was happening and stuff. I was really young, but the cool thing that I remember from there was was that we were looking at these dream catchers and stuff, and the whole thing about the dream catchers, you know, it's supposed to take in your nightmares and store them and protect you from all this bad stuff. And I think the story goes from my parents told me and stuff that some somebody who was there on the reserve that was from the Cree tribe kind of picked it out for me and was like, this one is going to fit him. And funny enough, it's got geese feathers on it, and I go to UW in which there are geese <laughs> everywhere. Can I just interject uh, yeah. for a second? Yeah, for sure. There, there's a specific picture yeah. up on your Instagram where you're like hanging out on a set of steps, yeah. and there's like several geese just like yeah. ominously <laughs> standing yeah. behind yeah. you. Yeah, that's, that's, so I think that was, we took that during my exams, and... Um, it was like my last exam, first uh, first year or whatever, and my buddy Marcus Tanko, hopefully he tunes in to watch this, I was like, dude, take a photo of me with the geese, man, it'll be so cool. And uh, I just posed with like a cigarette, I was like, hey, you know, like, it's like, it's whatever. And these geese were just chilling there. And um, Yeah, the funny thing too, the yeah. geese were all smoking cigarettes as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, um, no, but it, it's, it's cool. That dream catcher, I actually started uh, with Perryvale. It was kind of our... Um, 
what was it? It was our it was our icon, and I used to put it up on the microphone. And the whole idea was that I would actually capture. Yeah, that's the photo right there. It is. Yeah, so that was kind of a, that was kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, back to when I was cool. Um, anyways, so we used to put it up on the microphone, and before every live, and the whole idea was that we would kind of capture everybody's uh, emotions and intensity and energy. And then when we went to the studio, we would tie it up on the microphone, and we would have all that energy. Right? It was kind of this little weird spiritual thing that Perryville had and then I just kept holding on to it and then I just said screw it I'll put it on the guitar I like the way it looks it is a brand type thing yeah um, well that's why yeah, I want to awesome. bring it up because I noticed yeah. it was kind of like this piece that it traveled is. along with you through yes. like this musical journey oh yeah and I I love the idea of like little mantras and things that artists yeah. and producers and wh- whatever wh- whatever you're into like the yeah. kind of little things that people yeah. are into does it have a name the Dreamcatcher? No, yeah. it's just the Dreamcatcher. I've never really kind of so sat dude. down in it. It is. It's just yeah. an object, right? And it's just an idea. And it's like a totem. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of, right? And I mean, it's this whole idea when you when you look into Aboriginal spirituality and a lot of things that are happening with that, especially musically. Like some of the music that happens at a lot of these ceremonies that they do, it's just amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff, and it's an amazing culture, and uh, they are part of Canada, right? So I think that's another big thing too. You know, I am a Canadian artist working with Canadian daydream, sure, yeah. right? So it all, it's funny how all these little out. things kind of work out. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. I, it, it's kind of funny. When I was younger, my yeah. dad picked up this album that was done by like a sec, uh, like a musical section of the Cree tribe. Yeah, and I thought it was the craziest thing I'd it ever is. heard. Like it's tons wild. of woodwinds going. Oh yeah, it's, tons oh, of crazy wow. drums going. Yep, mm-hmm. and yeah. I just I. As a seven or eight year old, I couldn't wrap my head around yeah. why my dad thought this piece or this record was so cool. Yeah. And then he would always, he would like maybe throw it on like once a month or something. Yeah. And me and my mom are like, what is this guy doing? This is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> and then as, as I got older, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is like really musically sound. Oh, yeah. And not only that, it's like ancient music. It is. You know, it's stuff that's been around for thousands of years. And I'm a big, when I'm not like kind of out doing shows and stuff like that and I'm out on the nightlife I'm actually I'm really interested in psychology political science history that kind of stuff and somebody that I really got into was Carl Jung and his whole concepts of archetypes and this idea that things have been around much longer than we would like to admit especially in society right so when you study music that's been around for thousands of years I mean, you can even look at the uh, the Baka people and the Awe people of the Central African Republic. It's the same stuff. It's these polyrhythms going on. It's the polyphony. Um, and it's like, there's actually this idea going on right now is when we were homo sapiens fighting Neanderthals and stuff like that, you have to understand there was all these different tribes, right? And they, all, they have all their different languages. So how would one homo sapien know to speak to another homo sapien? Well, through music. So did we yeah. have music first or did we have language first? Which is a really yeah exactly. Uh, which is a really cool question. So what do you guys think? Um, Everybody can kind of. I think it was like wasn't yeah because wasn't it like taking the skin of something and putting it over like uh, like some sort of weird like cavity or something like that. Yeah, it was it was the creation of drums and stuff. And then the thing was was like you you have to imagine like this is like thousands thousands of years ago and like these people have never met but they have their instruments. So if I play you something, you can play something, and it'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Because um, the first cave paintings, there are bone flutes that are two thousand years older than those cave paintings. So music has been around for a long time. I believe that. Time. I mean, oh, my yeah. parents always tell me when I was like, yeah. maybe two or three years old, like I wasn't saying much, but I was super receptive to music, like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. dancing, 
yeah. belting out like or trying to belt out melodies and stuff. So I'd like to say music probably. Cool came thing first. about that, the prenatal concept of when you're in the fetus, twenty weeks in, the first organ to actually develop is the ear. And then in another two weeks it's fully developed. So that's there's kids, like they do studies on can you, you guys ever hear that um, little infants, they pronounce every single phonetic until they learn yeah, a language? Yeah. Okay, same thing with music. Polyrhythms, polyphonies, yeah. they're open to it, and they can actually pick it up in CAT scans. Now, when they do their brain, various neurons are going off showing that, oh, these kids actually understand that even though this is a 4-4 timing, it's actually in that, back to that Balinese gamelan, it's in that weird 8-bit cycle. So infants can do that, but as soon as you get cultured and you're, and you it grow goes up with something, it goes away. Because I've heard about the same yeah. thing with yeah. uh, perfect pitch. It's like if yes. a kid, a kid can, a kid can learn perfect yeah. pitch. I don't know if you watch the YouTube channel, uh, Rick Beato. Okay, yeah, And uh, he's yeah. like a, yeah. a crazy kind of theory, right. like, teacher on yeah. YouTube and yeah. his son is really young and he's basically been able to teach him perfect perfect pitch yeah. and he just kind of names these really complex chords or he'll play them on the piano yeah. he'll tell the kid to name it and then he'll tell him to oh sing every single note while the chord's still being rung out it's it's actually insane that's fucking awesome it is actually crazy you should just check it out so yeah. do you guys want to take a step back from blowing people's minds out there and uh, yeah, no, for uh, sure. no, reel it back yeah. into real life? Whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a wild go, tangent. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so we, we usually do this funny thing with our artists right off the start Let's where start. we sort of go through your musical progression over the years, right? Yeah. So we go with, you're probably six, seven, eight years old. What was the first song that you remember yeah. like hearing and going, okay, this is it music. It could be cringy as I, hell. Yeah, it can be terrible. Mine, <laughs> yeah. was, mine was Aaron it was, Carter. It was Oh, okay. It was. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. reaction. I believe it was "Ain't No Party Like an Aaron Carter Party." Yeah. Wow, mine was "Wherever, was Whenever" by Shakira. Nice. And that's yeah. that's when you were like, "Damn, this is real music." Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so for mine, because uh, I remember it very vividly, it was so. My dad is seventy-five years old. I'm part of his third. He he grew up in uh, Nuremberg, Germany, and stuff after World War Two. Like, was an immigrant over. But the guy had this wicked vinyl collection, okay? And I grew up with vinyls, and the first thing that he put on, he said, I asked him about this this thing called the Beatles, because I just heard the Beatles were like a thing. He's like, oh yeah, I oh, got the Beatles. the Beatles? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. So he puts on, on the White Album, Back in the USSR, and that is the first song I still remember through and through. And that was my first dive into what rock music is, and uh, or like what music is in general. Uh, apparently, when I was a little kid, when I was in the Netherlands, that's where I was. Ori- I was originally born. Oh. Um, apparently, I was a really big fan of the Spice Girls. Nice. Uh, yeah, Wasn't. that was that was for um, obvious reasons. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So that was. Oh no. So it was. So, but I still remember back in the USSR um, by the Beatles, and I I still listen to a lot of uh, '60s stuff. I think I think alternative '60s was the best historical point of music in gen- think, yeah. uh, ever ever you're saying it on the record yeah i'm saying oh. it on the record and, and, I'm, and i'm somebody and i'm i'm so well like that alternative rock so uh, like that alternative scene that came out like the doors you had motown going on you had the height of the vietnam war you had like this was the kind oh, of the so there's a lot of like inspiration for like so heavy like heavy emotion yeah. and, like, expression. like you were pushing so many boundaries yeah, right I, like the I beach boys that. were doing stuff right i mean like i mean i study in school everything from the baroque period of music right so it's like there's a lot of important people in that point of time but in pop music and what yeah. we're doing and what i'm doing yeah i mean some of the stuff that like the rolling stones and stuff to come over and be like yeah we're gonna write a song like 
you know, I can't get no satisfaction and go up on stage on the Ed Sullivan show and have all these girls screaming. It's right? pretty like, iconic. It's like, whoa, like that, that wasn't a thing. You, you know what I mean? You don't get that anymore. Yeah, you, yeah. But the thing is, I think that's still around, but you just have to look deeper, like within the, you, really do. you know, yeah. the creases of the I internet think it's gonna to kind of back. find like that, those yeah, kind of messages. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think it's going to come back because the pendulum back. always swings, yeah, man. Yeah. I think people mm -hmm. are really upset. That's what I've been saying. And history repeats itself, so that whole kind of... Yeah. Like voice of oh, yeah. well, how music is speaking to the general public yep. is gonna kind of shift, and then it'll shift again, and it'll shift again, and Always. I feel like it'll become more powerful. Definitely, exactly. like more tired spoken. of trap. Yeah, exactly. Guys, yeah, no. I really can't wait for CNN to just start yelling about music again. Like, I miss those, like, Marilyn Manson, those, like, Marilyn oh, Manson yeah. Marshall Mathers, oh, like, yeah. back in the day. Like, oh, dude. Oh. Marilyn Manson inspired Columbine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep going back with school shooters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not Full a good circle. topic. Theme of the day. Yeah, 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 theme of the day. Yeah, no, no but you, yeah, and that's and that's the cool thing, right? I mean, like, there's a lot of. There's <laughs> no, what? No, well, no. Okay, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, there's, 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 the, we can redact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I misspoke. Yeah. Um, the the interesting thing is, is that you have all these artists that are always under the you know fire of uh, various aspects of what they're putting out, right? And um, uh, I'm definitely all for whatever you want to say. Just say it. Like put it out there, right? And uh, that's what kind of like if there if there's there's no point in discussing anything if it's not offensive because anything worth talking about is offensive or is touchy, right? And there's a certain way of going about that. And I think when I do my writing, um, I try and really play with that game. And it is that impressionism, right? Like, I mean, when Claude, Claude, Claude de Monet, like when he put out uh, Impression Sunrise in 1874, which was like this crazy, never you'd never seen it before. It was like this guy literally just throwing paint onto a canvas. People were like, this is absolute trash, blah, 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 right? But it's now one of the most famous paintings of all time. And it's influenced so many artists, Yeah. right? And it's like, okay, that uh, at least he had the ability to do that because now we're here right so yeah no for sure man i even love these things like um there there was a video i saw a couple weeks ago yeah. where uh these 12 or 13 year olds laid a napkin on a floor in an art gallery and then just stood back and watched as people walked by it, and they're bending over and like, to like inspect <laughs> yeah. this oh. napkin yeah that's, and these kids are yeah. dying laughing yeah. but i don't even think it went through their head that they had literally just created art because they're creating oh my a God. reaction. It's a statement yeah. piece, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Avant-garde yeah. stuff yeah. gets wild. Yeah. Sure. They're getting too philosophical. Yeah, we, we, we came here to define in. art today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did Do you guys want to get into your like first musical memories as well? Yeah, let's do that. I've got a horrible memory. Okay. Those are the best ones. That's great. I mean, uh, I could have obfuscated mine and like picked something good, but I I let you know that my mine was Aaron Carter. Uh, I've actually I've, I've I've got a good one. It it piggybacks his almost. Um, like my I've got basically all my taste from my old man. Uh, it took me a long time to realize that "Here Comes the Sun" was an actual song. My parents had sung it to me as a lullaby since oh, I was a kid. Cool. So I thought it was like an old English lullaby. <gasps> right? So the first time I heard it, when I started well, getting the Beatles, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, oh my yeah. god, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, no, when I actually found out, I was like, why the fuck are the Beatles covering a lullaby? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But when I actually got into it, I mean, I'm a diehard Beatles fan now. Sure. But, and I've got that in my back pocket. I, I was raised yeah. on it. That's you know? cool. I'm interested so. to know what Mitch's is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Actually, I've like been, been thinking back. It's um, <laughs> so my earliest memories of of music were was unfortunately um, late '90s, early 2000s pop music. Yeah. So like, like got, so yeah. I mean, well, there's Aqua. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's uh, Prozac, Christina yeah. Aguilera. Nice. Um, Yo, you know, the all, video like, for all Dirty. All yeah. Um, that's but then, yeah, that, that was that was also juxtaposed with like Tom Jones, okay, and a lot of oldies, which is what wow. I kind of grew up on. Whenever I go to visit my family in Windsor. And oh, so that, what you're trying so. to say is you redeemed yourself? <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I was exposed to. It was a flux. Cool. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. No, I was kind of the same way. Like for yeah. me, I just I chose to pick like the thing that I I figured people would find the funniest or like the most shocking. Like yeah. there's there's tons of stuff that my pops showed me that I could have picked out, but I think yeah. it's way funnier to be like Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was Aaron Carter. Aaron <laughs> Carter. <laughs> Off yeah. a Fisher Price cassette tape nonetheless. Nice. Yes. Man, that was another thing too. My first cassette that I had was actually from my half brother who was from Missouri and my dad had kept it and brought up and I didn't know the band at the time. Uh, but it was uh, it was a naked kid chasing a dollar bill, <laughs> and I was like, "This seems really cool." Like I'm like ten years old, and I'm like trying to be cool. So I'll wait. Put he was in. chasing the dollar bill. Is this a Nirvana knockoff? No, no, no. Well, it's that whole thing, right? And like, um, you know, it was Nevermind, and like I put it in, and I was like ten years old, and I'm listening to this album, and it's it's a heavy album, dude. And I was like, this is cool. Like, this is what music is. Like, this is, that was my first kind of thing that I was do fully through. Uh, so definitely Nirvana was a huge inspiration to me discussing, or, or not discussing, but thinking about the approach to music. Yeah. And then I actually, I don't know if you guys have seen Montage of Heck. It's a documentary about Kurt Cobain. I heard, uh, heard a lot of that was... Uh... Kind of iffy, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Um, so there's all these weird things that happen with Nirvana and his diary being put in. So I did a lot of looking into him um, and a lot, just watching a lot of videos of him in the 90s cause, and a lot of his interviews. And uh, great artist, man. Yeah. Great artist. Like, Probably just one a, of my favorites. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, and again, extremely offensive right like yeah. people were like who is this guy what's he doing but it's Wearing almost like he just dresses and stuff yeah, yeah but it's yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. he was just outrageous off? for the <laughs> yeah. point of just like yeah. this is gonna work so I'm yeah. just gonna be outrageous for the sake of being exactly. outrageous yeah. it wasn't yeah. like, oh. like trying to make a statement like yeah yeah, yeah although yeah. he actually I mean he had like Kurt had a bunch of like good causes behind him he like, did like uh they back in the day like I think I can't remember exactly when, but they went on Saturday Night Live, and at the end of uh, playing Territorial Pissings, they just started making out. Yeah, just just, to, just literally, yeah, yeah. just to confront <laughs> yeah. people's yeah, homophobia. So homophobia, stuff. yeah. He would yeah. openly on stage say, you know, if you guys are homophobic, you're misogynistic, yeah. you're racist, yeah. don't buy our fucking records. And it was really cool. Yeah, like, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was something else, man. Um, so that was that was another big thing, I guess, for early early music. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's like the perfect transition yep. into like that middle point. Like, when did it kind of click for you? And you're like, oh, there's something to be like explored here. Something mm, I really need yeah. to get into. Yeah. Kind of just pick up where we left off. We are sort of at uh, everybody's middle point with the music they were getting into, uh, the kind of records that they were listening to that were sort of a changing point in how they viewed music. So Jacob just gave us his, which was Nevermind by Nirvana. Yeah. And then we could just kind of send it down the line if you guys want to sure. chuck yours in as well. Under. Sorry, no, okay. Take biggest first albums specifically? Yeah, yeah so what, like, what was the thing that, like, catalyzed What's a record you, you listen to 
you were probably between I want to say between the ages of 10 to like 15 or something like that you listen to it and you're like wow like music can get really different and it can get really deep and I need to explore this and this is what I love now you know yeah I, I would I would say Harvest by Neil Young okay but more specifically the song Words Between the Lines of Age last song on the album I remember being like grade 7 grade 8 I was walking home from school and like I'd ripped all my dad's CDs onto my fucking 80 gig iPod nice so I was just slowly making my <laughs> way through iPod his classic? collection yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah man I was so proud of that thing it's Bond. oh it's, it's a paperweight now but. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> R.I.P. yeah no, but so I, I was I was listening through and I'm walking home from school and words between the lines of age comes on and the very first line is someone and someone were down by the pond that fucking line just messed with me so that's so deliberate someone and someone it's like he's redacting people's names mm -hmm. but why right and like like I just it stunned me it stoned me like I, I I didn't go home I just kept circling my block listening to this song over and over and over the song literally made you crazy yeah no it, <laughs> it just, oh it, it was so brilliant and it was like it's what made me want to be like a musician or a songwriter because cool. I wanted to write yeah. something that would fuck up some other 14 year old kid that bad <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. so yeah cool Mitch? Yeah, I mean, um, going back to what I was saying initially, is what pop music was kind of what I was listening to at the time, and then um, trying to think of how old I would have been. I was still pretty young, but I had gotten into System of a Down. Yeah, cousin, hell yeah. My cousin I showed think we're me all that. kind of in the same boat. <laughs> and uh, that was a huge turning point for me. Like, that's actually that band when I was eight. It would have been when I was eight. That's when I started playing music. Mm -hmm. It was because of that band. I'm like, and I remember going to my mom being like, I want to play bass. <laughs> Said nobody ever. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to be that bass. Like, yeah. um, You're clearly on a path to great. And she's like, okay, I guess. Like, just don't. <laughs> I guess. Like, no, she's like, you don't want a guitar. Like, she's like, but like, don't let it like be a phase or whatever. I'm like, now fast forward. How many? 14, 15 years later, here I am. Oh, dude, you um, gotta hear the bass on the single. Um, yeah, <laughs> you gotta hear no, the it's, it's, yeah. It is great that you stick stuck with the bass. Yeah, it's good. It's but, um, you should see the basses that we have that he's collected in the studio. You got some like, nice ones? Because oh, yeah. that was a point I wanted to bring up. The bass sounded like superb in that little snippet alone. Yeah. So like, I can't yeah. wait to hear what <laughs> um, else is coming along. Yeah. What, we got, we've got one that you got that's like half fretless. You got like a couple yeah. six what? strings, half fretless. Is it like so, half well, on the top half or like so? The it's top it's a strings. six string, so it's strung B A D, um, B E A D, and then the G and the C are fretless the whole way oh, up and down. Okay, yeah, it's, it's an Ibanez slick. bass. They it's only very, release it like a lot Canada. of freedom. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it was great. That's Frank's great. episode. Dweezil just got a, his S G modified. Where sorry, oh, where worry. the uh, top. <laughs> The high uh, three strings on his SG are like fretless throughout the whole yeah. neck. Yeah. So crazy. same same kind. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he he should have got three strings kids. on the neck region <laughs> are all fretless. Oh Super my weird. God. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that that band is kind of what got me into into music, and I, I would have been eight at the time, and got really into them, and kind of turned away from pop music. And yeah, no like, shit. Hard, literally the anti-pop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. But like for me, it was like the just the just the dynamics between all their songs. They had stuff that was really intense, stuff that was heavy, stuff that was funny. Even within certain songs, exactly. it, it would hit yeah. those peaks Just and outrageous things, and to me, like, I just got obsessed with it, and, mm -hmm. like, that kind of set me on the journey of, like, if I can affect somebody in some way with my art, then that's, that's 
what I want to do with the rest of my life. Cool. And, the, uh, the funny thing yeah. with System of a Down, I remember listening to Cigaro over and over and over, and I was like, you can say this shit? <laughs> yeah. On yeah. a song, and they will put it out. Yeah. Oh my god! And that just like rocked my and, world. Yeah. Like, and the topic, yeah, the topics was... that they would address too, were were all over the map. Yeah. Well, which to me, that was like. So are you guys as as excited as we are for the return oh, of System yeah. of a Down? Both excited what? and terrified. Yeah. 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 Like uh, that's believe, the best way. What do they say? By the end of 2019, we yeah. should have some new music. New out? They said it's yeah. the best chemistry yeah. that they've had in the yeah. world. With the original oh, lineup. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Get hype. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll have a listening party. We can invite you guys back. <laughs> yeah. <here>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any excuse cool. we got, man. Sure. Yeah. So then um, the final point is kind of where, where are you guys at now? What are some artists you're listening to? For sure. Anybody you want to recommend? Any yeah, shout outs? Anything 100%. like that? Um, KG Elephant recently just put out Ready to Let Go. Right on. Which is um, that. So I've, I've been a KG Elephant fan uh, since high school, the first free song that I got on iTunes was Aberdeen oh, off of Thank You Happy Birthday. That was like, welcome to the indie scene of like alternative rock and people are putting music out that is just like nuts, right? And I was like, cool, I want to do something like this and I had Paraville and stuff, but I've always been following them. Melophobia was a huge thing for me. Uh, Tell Me I'm Pretty, even though people didn't like it here and there, I thought it was a great album with Dan Arback producing it too. Uh, and now for them to come out and do this music video that they've done, oh my god, man! And and the cool thing is, is that I was telling these guys the other day, I was like, man, have you heard this new single? Like, and they're like, no, no. And uh, Matt Schultz, who's the lead singer, uh, recently just had a divorce with his girl, his I guess his wife uh, or a girlfriend. I don't know if they were specifically married or not, but um, big split. Yeah, big split for sure. And he actually wrote Cigarette Daydreams, which was one of their bigger songs about her. And now he's written a song about the divorce. And it's like, they, I don't know if you guys have seen their music video for Cold, Cold, Cold. But it's very like, kind of like this weird satanic ritual type stuff. And they just keep going down the rabbit hole, man. Cool. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's the wildest stuff I've seen in a long time. And I think people should definitely get involved in it. Because those guys are pushing the boundary of alternative pop. Because they're mainstream. I mean, they, they're playing all kinds of shows and stuff, but they've got this idea behind them that it's like, we're going to put out things that are really, really uh, provocative and disturbing, but at the same time, this beautiful melody. And they've been, they're, they're a huge influence for me. You ever listened to Cage the Elephant before they were Cage the Elephant? No. I, I don't was, uh, recall what their band name was. Yeah. Devin can check that out yeah. for us. Um, yeah. But a yeah. funny story with that, I actually had them saved... Before I got into Cage the Elephant, yeah. I didn't realize it was the same band. It was no like way. years down the line. I'm like, they sound so similar. Like, what's <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. And I realized, oh yeah, it's the same it's fucking the same band. They just yeah. changed their name. They it was like it was like they had some different name while they were in high school. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, Back Against the Wall was another huge one. Um, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked made its way into Borderlands. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was, that was their huge. big break, right? Yeah, like everybody yeah. was like, "Oh, you played Borderlands." So you is, know is that Elephant. what made the big deal? Yeah. 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 Specifically, that placement. Guitar lines that come yeah. at the start. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that song's so killer. But it was that. It was the placements game. in Borderlands. Yeah. That really, yeah. I think that's what kind of. That's what I had heard them like on the edge and stuff, so they were obviously gathering some traction, but. Being put into Gearbox's Borderlands, that just like skyrocketed yeah, yeah. them. Like, I, they're, yeah, that they're was personally the first names. time I heard them. But what's yeah. the what's the band name? Perfect Confusion. Perfect Confusion. So if you, if you yeah. uh, need totally some more, man. Cage the Elephant in your life, yeah. just search them up. They, That's like another another guy, Mac DeMarco. 
Yes, band, dude. His band before that, Makeup Videotape, they had uh, an EP called Island Groovies. Uh, some of the best music I've ever heard. Love that guy's sound. Yeah, and and what happened was he was it was kind of him and this drummer because Mac was playing bass, piano, the whole nine yards. But make out videotape, they kind of <laughs> took off in BC as like a local uni band type thing. But they had this one song, Island Groovies, and I remember one time I was just like so out of it. I had some wild night in Toronto, and like I was just sitting there and I was on the train back, or whatever, and I was just like plugging in. And it was Island. It was like this one song, and oh my god, man, that guy, his perspective of writing and how he goes about mm-hmm. things is so cool. Yeah, it's he's, funny. He's, it's he's, clever. Yeah. it's sharp. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's you know everything. Anything goes with him, which is really cool. So I'd say those two big artists, Kiji Elephant, Mac DeMarco, check them out. Fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Jack. Oh, okay. If, if I can plug some people, yeah, I I uh, I gotta be careful as well because I I, I do I do like all the, the booking and stuff for, right for all of our live series. You don't want to give preference. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> you should give preference. Uh, yeah, well, a, a little bit, but yeah. I also I don't want to leave anybody out. And if, so if I forget anybody, like in the mm-hmm. local scene right now, it's it's not because I don't. There's love too your many music. great names. It's to just list. it's oh, because there's a lot of people. This is like off the top to. of your head. Yeah, uh, but uh, obviously. Jacob here. If you haven't if you haven't heard this guy yet, like <laughs> but um, Marshall Veroni, somebody else that yep. we worked with, we put right. out his album In Fields. Check that out. Yep. Bass right here, a little bit of keys splattered throughout <laughs> that album right here. This guy's brilliance behind the board, engineering and mixing. Um, Heather Valley and her uh, oh, new band Another great, Crush. Yep. They're absolutely fantastic. Yep. Check them out. Um, uh, ooh, excuse me. They're a band from Guelph. Love them. They're absolutely fantastic. Funny kids. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, funny, guys. they're, they're funny behind the camera. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a band called, from Halifax called June Body. They've got some serious Death Cab for really familiar vibes. I absolutely love them. And I've it's cool, especially being the guy who books and stuff. I've had the privilege of reaching out to them, just being like, because they're not huge or anything. They're mm-hmm. still accessible. If you're like, hey, do you want to come in for a session? Yeah. But I've had the chance to talk to because I'm a big lyric nerd. And I love his lyrics. Mm-hmm. To be able to talk to an artist that I actually just really love their art and be like tell me about it like, like yeah why'd you write that how'd you yeah. write that that's i think that's fantastic. why we love like the podcast setup right now because it's like you're not gonna stop an artist after they step off stage and be like hey man like can i bother you blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. let's let's talk the, for an hour yeah this gives us more of like a legitimized platform you're like hey come out come hang out for a oh, little yeah. bit yeah let us exactly. let us pick your brain for a and little it's while. so much more organic yeah like, it's yeah. just great like it doesn't even feel like an interview if you want to even call it that yeah. That, yeah that's the whole thing about podcasts right a couple other people really quickly just in case they are watching or anything yeah the people i, I know i need to mention <laughs> nicholas wolf check him out yeah cameron jericho check yeah. him out uh who, who else some of our we, our old london posse they're like the best people we've ever worked with um locally who who have we dealt with really in kitchener i mean we worked with like sammy duke oh sammy duke's fantastic oh he's a one-man band yeah one-man oh band he's, band. he's fantastic. a one-man orchestra yeah, yeah, he's wild. I like that yeah. one man symphony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's so many artists. That's yeah. enough. Nobody's gonna be mad you, at me. You, I got, my you, got, you got the names, man. Yeah, I'll have to check all of them out. Yeah, yeah. I can write you a little list. Yeah, that'd be great. Actually, legitimately, I can. <laughs> if you go to our YouTube channel, you can go. Yeah, yeah everybody <laughs> I've named, we've worked yeah, with at least. Yeah, yeah. cool. What about you, Mitch? Oh man, like, <laughs> uh, like just my my journey in music from. Like from where it started to where it is now is like I 
lyrics are important to me. Of course, they they're what's telling the story. But my the way I've kind of developed into the way I listen to music is just does it move me emotionally in some capacity, um, and that's that's what kind of led me like getting into System of a Down, and then I just became a huge metalhead, mm-hmm. kind of turned my back on all pop music and all that stuff, and then Society. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but then eventually I had a turning point. And I think the biggest turning point was when I saw Lady Gaga live. Interesting. And Whoa. that was mind blowing. Just the just the the amount of people there and just the production behind it and all that. And started getting into her more and then kinda of refining pop music and listening to it in a different capacity and and especially getting into recording production, that kind of stuff. And now the way I listen to music is like there's a story and and everything, but then there's all there's all the other parts. Listen to every little aspect. Oh, why did they do that from a production standpoint? Why why is this or why is this song so popular? Even though a lot of people hate it or or mm-hmm. love it, it's created an emotion in some capacity. And how can I bring that to people I work with without compromising their musical identity? And to me, that's the coolest thing about music is like. You can love or hate a song and have very different opinions on it. Oh yeah, but it, it's still doing its job at that point. Yeah. Too, I appreciate yeah. that perspective for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's definitely what it's all about, man. And like, I, I find too now whenever I listen to a song, I learn something about yeah, production. Yeah, definitely. It, it's yeah. I find it like a great experiment too to even listen to music that you don't particularly like. Exactly. And try to figure out why other people like it. Yeah, step yeah. your comfort zone. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about, man. Pick yeah. one thing in the song that you do like. Always challenge yourself to find yeah. one well, thing. Yeah, well, there, that is, you there like. is always that one thing. Oh, you know? I like that. That's a good mentality. Well, my, I, my, is, my, I used yeah. to li- literally only metal, always. And then, you know, I, I got a girlfriend, and then she listens to pop music <laughs> a lot. And yeah. so I would always be like, fuck that shit. What kind <laughs> of shit is this? I'm not playing this in my car. You drive with me, it's or nothing. All right? And then, yeah. and then, obviously, that doesn't work, and I want to still have a girlfriend. So, um, yeah. so then she gave me that perspective, and since then, I've I've have a, a lot more of a wide kind of understanding of music and appreciation of it. Yeah, totally. yeah. For me, I just That's got amazing. rid of the girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just said fuck it. Uh, no, yeah. But uh, and and the cool thing is to even get into that when you study. Um, music from the 1900s in the classical aspect with atonal music like these guys basically yeah. said like Schoenberg yo yeah. dude man yeah. <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of like to, to the average person it's like this is trash it's a bunch of random notes and then you're just like wait a minute like this guy was like hold on a second and you start uh-huh. looking into it and it's like oh no it's a 12 tone sequence and he's like actually yeah. mirroring the notes and this is the same time in which like all these things were happening in society right so that whole idea of always finding something that you enjoy out of it is so key because I think a good musician uh, respects all genres and styles of music but that doesn't mean he has to like them all it's like a chef who let's say hates cilantro yep. or like you know hates onions but they know how to use it in a dish to make yeah. it like taste good sometimes right. you have to use onions man yeah but not cilantro no no <laughs> i love cilantro yeah. fuck all of you guys <laughs> piggybacking off that idea um yeah. and a lot of that kind of came up during the production of of jacob's record oh, was yeah. uh like just the ideas that would come out it's like i may have heard an idea from some lame pop song 
but then applying the concept to it in yep. in sure. some of his songs, which is like it, it could be like a one second thing, mm-hmm. just an idea. Well, that was a big thing too. As an artist, you had to like you were talking about earlier, handing off the baby, right? And for me, I kind of had this night, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, right? And, uh, and I kind of had this night before we were finalizing all the tracks and stuff. And um, uh, I was, you know, by myself in the house. I was, you know, having a scotch or whatever it was. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, <laughs> no, I was, classy. yeah, classy, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in a bathrobe. With yeah, the, with and, I was like, and I was like, to be or not to be, yeah. But I, I kind of sat there and I said to myself, you know what? This is kind of the point where I have to say, okay, um, we got to do something that a lot of people are going to like, and it might not be something that is artistically, like, a, as much as of a statement as I want it to be, right? The whole nine yards. And and the crazy thing was, was that Mitch was able to, as a producer, um, capture both me and the idea of being able to sell yourself in that market and put the two together. And, I mean, you guys saw that promotional video, right? Yeah. That's, on, that's only, like, 45 seconds of what mm-hmm. is going to be hitting Friday. And... We're like, I'm over the moon for it. It's exactly what I think should be put out. And it is that whole idea of balancing artistic expression with the realization that it is a business. Right. And that's what it really comes down to, you know? And it, it does, it is that cutthroat aspect. It is that dog eat dog. But, you know, it's kind of fun. It Hell is yeah. kind of fun. I think, yeah, it is really kind it's, of fun. it's, it's, it's yeah. the new age of you having to tackle both those things. Yeah. Because I think way, way back, even in the days of like Elvis and stuff, like, oh, yeah. you would have the manager part and like the kind of medium That's publishing right. part yeah. taken care of like by a label or something yeah. but I feel like now that you kind of take you have to take responsibility of all you that do. and like mm-hmm. input and output all that it kind of gives you that businessman out um, yeah oh, that yeah. kind of mindset and people would you know like to argue that it's like oh you're you know you're just putting your you know you're objectifying your music or whatever yeah, but it's like no it's just it's like, no. that part was always taken care of before and it let the yep. artist focus on the art so but now fun. i got to put on these different hats yeah, exactly mm. so yeah. so just you, yeah. you kind of got to let it be when someone's be, trying to and, and I don't think be a renaissance be, yeah. music man you exactly know? and i don't think people should be ashamed of doing that you know what i mean like i think that's a huge thing it's like yeah. you're 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 investing and you're taking yourself seriously yeah. Protect you as an artist as well. Exactly. From, you know, getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. A lot. And I want to. I want to make that really clear, especially working with Canadian Daydream. They made sure that I was taken care of before any. And like that's unheard of. Like there are so many labels out there that'll be like, oh, you don't have your stuff copyrighted by the time we're dropping this. Oh yeah, you're done. But I remember like. <laughs> No, because when you're in Toronto and you're playing that music and you're talking to bands that you're opening for that are signed, they're like, yeah. I'm like, how much money did you make tonight? They're like, we made like 25 bucks. Yeah. And you're like, are you kidding me? Like, you're like, you know, and they're like, well, we forgot to do X, Y, and Z. And then when you talk to the guys from Canadian Daydream, and I'll say this, uh, right, you know, Mitch was like, is your stuff copyrighted? Like, are we ready to go? Are we here? And, and walks you through that process. And that was like... Man, these are people that I want to work with again and again and again, right? Because like, there's only so many dudes in the industry that you can work with on that level, and and that goes yeah. that goes for everybody, right? It's such yeah. a, it's such an important part, and you know what? That means more business their way, right? Because that's what's gonna happen. That's a really cool relationship yeah. you guys got going oh, on, for sure, especially man. from the get go. Like, yeah. especially you both kind of in a. You're both are on your own jumping off point, and for you both to kind of like piggyback off each other and like, I mean, you know, take turns, so to speak. It's it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the perfect place to sort of wrap it up. Yeah, nice crescendo to the whole episode. (laughs) Exactly. So, did you guys want to do your plugs, your shoutouts, everything like that? Oh, 
Right, well, yeah, you got the let, single let's, let's, coming out yeah. on the 8th? Yep, single yeah. coming out uh, Friday at 12 p.m. And, and then right after that, we're, I'm going to be doing an opening act for a guy named Sandy McDonald at the Churchill Arms. That's 355 Herb Street at 7.45 p.m. Uh, and then I believe, if I can announce it, uh, March 8th. <laughs> You're looking for your Spotify on my account. Ooh. You're going to see that album, that EP, mm. Paper Flowers. Yeah. Potentially mm. some merchandise going on. Potentially a CD release show. So keep your eyes out for that. It's going to be ticketed the whole nine yards. Sponsored by Jack Daniels. Sure. Hopefully <laughs> speaking. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. 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 Well, we're we're trying our updated best. on the details of that, too. We can, sure. we can Absolutely. Plug that we would love to have you sure. guys out there. No, yeah. for sure. Oh, okay. You guys have been great. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having us. You performed. You guys, you know, like, open yourselves up to us and the people. The people, yeah, the, the folks people. at home. And there's there's one thing that the people can't forget to do. To What's is that? fist that bell. Gotta fist the bell. Fist it. What? Subscribe. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. We'll catch you next week. Um, I believe it, our next episode is gonna be at six p.m. as well. Yeah, and no, then no, after no, that, no. we're we'll doing another switch up on y'all. Yeah. Get used to it. We'll keep it happening. Thanks. Peace.